1: Welcome to week three of The Prop Shop. I am your host, Bobby Stanley, also known as Prop Holiday on social media. Now, I want to announce that we have our first sponsor of the show. Proud to announce that Eric LeGrand Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey is a sponsor of The Prop Shop. Raise a glass to giving back. Every purchase of Eric LeGrand's premier Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey directly supports community members living with paralysis. Our whiskey is made with choice heartland grown corn, Limestone purified water and the freshest rye and barley available. When you pick up a bottle of Eric LeGrand bourbon, we make a donation to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation so you enjoy the finest bourbon around and you also lend a helping hand. Pick up a bottle of Eric LeGrand Premier Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey today and cheers to a cause. Please enjoy responsibly, produced by LeGrand Spirits, distilled in Owensburg, Kentucky, bottled in Bardstown, Kentucky, 88 proof by volume myself when I like to have this when I have my little whiskey bourbon I do a little bit of ginger ale I do a squeeze of lime try to have one at about 12 30 before the one o'clock games kind of ease the nerves if the bets are doing well I load one up before the four o'clock if the bets are not doing well it becomes a double. before I go into today's guest I want to talk about um I want to talk about three wide receivers specifically these three are in a group of their own a very special class of their own those three are Jalen waddle. Devonta Smith and T Higgins. I compared top end wide receivers in the league, which is a minimum of 80 receptions in 2022. It's about 40 wide receivers. I want to see how these three stack up when it comes to yards per reception. They're ranked Waddle one, Higgins 14, Smith 23. When it comes to receptions, Smith nine, Waddle 23, Higgins 25. Yards, yards per game, Waddle seven, uh, Smith eighth, and Higgins nineteenth touchdowns, Waddle eighth, Higgins and Smith tied at twelfth, and NFL passer rating when targeted. I love this stat. Uh, this stat available on PFF. Waddle's number two, Higgins is three, and Smith is seven. I bring all of this up because these three are the second best wide receivers on their own team, and they are elite. They would be day one wide receiver one on seventeen teams in the NFL, according to to my standards. Uh, over fifty one percent of the teams. Those teams. Are the Falcons, the Panthers, the Bears, Lions, Packers, Cardinals, Giants, Commanders, Patriots, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Ravens, Steelers, Colts, Titans, and Texans. If you want to fight me on Amon Ross St. Brown, I'd probably listen to you. If you want to fight me on Drake Drake London, I probably wouldn't. There are fringe teams. So take away those 17 that I think they step in day one. The Browns, you can make a case for Amari Cooper. I probably wouldn't. The Jaguars, we know how much I love Calvin Ridley. That one's up in the air. The Jets, I'll give you Garrett Wilson. The Bucks. Maybe Mike Evans, getting up there in age. Chris Godwin, maybe we can have a discussion. 49ers, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. I'd rather have those three. And the Saints, I really like Chris Olave. We'll walk that off. So we're looking at potentially 20 teams that these guys could walk in day one and be wide receiver ones, and they're wide receiver twos on their own team. Now, Higgins was a second-round pick. His deal expires at the end of this season. He posted back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons and declined an extension before the beginning of the year. Uh, believing he can get more in free agency. PK. My guess is he wants to go somewhere and be the wide receiver. One, he is stuck behind Jamar Chase. Will the other two follow suit? Well, Jalen Waddles is a third year of a four-year rookie deal. They're going to pick up that fifth-year option. Devonta Smith heading into a third year as well. The Eagles are going to pick up that fifth-year option. The point is, there is an embarrassment of riches at wide receiver like we've never seen in NFL history. And partially that is due to how they're defended and the new rules. But the sheer talent level is astounding. And we're approaching another generational talent. Next year's draft, Marvin Harrison Jr. Probably ends up going number two overall to Caleb Williams. These three guys will be ones to monitor over the next two, three years. Are they okay with being wide receiver twos? Do they want to go be wide receiver ones and break out? But these three are three that really stood out to me. And I've had this on my mind for a couple months now. I wanted to get it out in the open. Before I bring in our first guest, um, I want to say I've known this man for a few years. He is, I've known him since middle school, I would say. He is from my hometown. You know him as Jim Valvano winner, Rutgers defensive tackle, and an inspiration to many. I know him as the best high school football player I've probably ever seen in person and the pride of Avenel, New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric LeGrand.
0: Hey, Bobby, thank you for having me out here, man. I appreciate you, brother.
1: I try to do you justice in bringing you in. And I thank you for listening to my open back there. Um, so before anything else, how's it going, man? What are you up to?
0: Things are good, man. I've been busy as all hell, you know, running around, you know, with the whiskey and the coffee shop. Running a seven-day operation with a coffee shop isn't is easy, but I'm having a blast. And then the whiskey, man, I'll tell you what, I've got. To, I had to learn how to monitor myself when I'm going out to all these appearances and stuff because in the beginning I was just you know, every appearance I'm throwing it back next, you know, I get home and I'm like, what did I just do? So now (laughs) I'm keeping it casual, but I'm having fun as I'm going out to all these events.
1: I I can imagine you definitely got to be sipping while you're out there. In addition to the whiskey, he also has a coffee, a coffee shop in Woodbridge, New Jersey, uh, near the train station and, uh, and near Main Street. Not only is the coffee good, I actually had the avocado toast. It's really good. It and that, that makes me sound like a very basic white woman, but it is delicious. <laughs> um, I, uh, other than that, uh, I've known Eric to be a Broncos fan for as long as I've known him. And what do you think of the
0: Broncos so far? I'm disappointed. I'm upset. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought things were going to be different. I was talking so much, shit too, when they begin the first half of both games. You know, I'm thinking, you know, Russell Wilson finally is cooking again. He looks elite. You know, on those first 15 plays that Sean Payton scripts up, he looks magnificent out there, just doing an all-around amazing job. And then all of a sudden the second half comes and everything changes and there's no adjustments and I'm over here. Stressing and I knew we had to pick up those first two games to get started. You gotta win versus Rays, you gotta win versus Washington to get the season started, and then you gotta go into Miami. You got the Jets coming up later. So I knew it was gonna get tougher, and we just went 0 2. And I'm desperately, desperately in need of a win, but we're going into Miami, and I'm not confident. All right.
1: I did not prep you for this one, but I'm gonna throw it for your way. Does Russell Wilson finish yeah. the
0: season as the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos? You know how many times I've got asked that question in the past. <laughs> New weeks, only leading up to the season before he even started. People were asking me, does he finish it? And right now, I'm going to say yes because of how he does look in that first half. If they can now start creating some adjustments to what the defense is starting to give him in that second half, he'll be just fine. And I can honestly say that we scored 33 points last game. I can't take the last time Denver scored 33 points, and we still lost. That's a little bit now on our defense side, and I was worried when when we brought Vance Joseph back on the defensive, end. and after being a head coach there, I thought it was a little bit weird. But our defense doesn't look the same like it used to. When I
1: when I think of the Denver Broncos, at least the last few years, I mean it's obviously it's Vance Joseph, but it is that Vic Fangio style defense. I, I think of elite level defense, and I, I you know I love mm-hmm. certain that, that there's talent there. I was a little upset to see Chubb go to Miami last year. Um They'll will be a team, especially in the NFL. You can't keep a team down for too long. There's, it, there'll be a team that plays spoiler, or there'll be a team that turns it around pretty quickly. The only thing that's not working in their favor, they are in the AFC. They are in the AFC West, which doesn't make it easy for anyone. Now, we talk about player props. We talk about betting on this show. Uh, what's your Sundays look like? What's your Thursdays look like? When you bet, what's what's an Eric Legrand approach to betting? Because you got the football mind.
0: I do. So I go dry. To- to the buy parlays We're right away. I really, very hardly just take up a straight up bet. Obviously Thursday nights, and I'll start to look into player props as well. But under my Sundays, I love to get it. I put in a two teamer. I put in a three teamer, and then I'll put a ridiculous ten teamer in, or mix it in with some <laughs> player props. Just, just, just because you know, you got to, you got to go, go big and see. Maybe one day I'll, I'm gonna hit this ten team parlay right here. But I always get my two teamer. I get a three teamer, and I look at over unders a lot. And then I look at the point mm-hmm. spreads and, you know, I try to keep them within that that three and a half range. I don't like to take those. The six and a half ones always get me a little bit worried because, yes, that team is supposed to win by that much. But it's the NFL and you never know what may happen. So I love the three and a half and under parlays most likely.
1: I like it. I like it. No, definitely stick to the two and three teamers. You got to have mm-hmm. a, a bat shit Starbucks money, pizza money. Here's five dollars. <laughs> maybe I'll get rich. Um, you got to have one of those once a week. So I'm with you there. I want to go into your first player prop. It is a guy you are very familiar with. He is a Denver Bronco, and it's a rushing prop. Javante Williams over 49 and a half. Why does this one seem good to you?
0: Because this one seems good to me because if the Broncos want any chance to win this game in Miami, Javante is going to have to be able to be relied on because you're going to be in the heat down there in Florida, and once those first 15 scripted plays go, whatever they go with this week coming up, you're gonna to have to be able to rely on the running game. We know how good Javante Williams is. He's coming off that ACL, but he's still—he's just a bulldozer to tackle. And if you can feed him the ball and start opening up that passing game for Russell Wilson, he's gonna get over 50 yards. I know Miami's defense is very good—that good front, that front seven. But if you can get some movement, if you want to be able to win, is gonna to have to get over 49 and a half yards rushing in this game, and I—I I believe he will, and the Broncos will keep it closer than people think.
1: We, met, we mentioned Vic Fangio before. He is, in fact, the defensive coordinator of this Miami Dolphins team. It looks different. It looks like a different defense than we're used to. They are flying around the ball. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Jalen Ramsey comes back. My, you know, Jay, I'm a fan of the guy. He, while my team is Super Bowl, I will always praise Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but, no, the defense definitely mm-hmm. looks a little bit different this year. Javante Williams uh, kind of established himself as the first and second down back, whereas P. Ryan has been kind of the, the receiving option. Um, so 49-and-a-half rushing. With him, he has the breakaway ability, uh, and they're gonna want to. You're gonna want to keep two on the sidelines. You're 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 gonna want to control the clock as much as you can. He could be in for one of those 13 to 15 uh, rush attempt loads. Um, And you got one more. You're on rushing yards, gentleman Mm -hmm. that we saw last Monday night, and um, he's gonna be fending off Kareem Hunt as much as he can. Jerome Ford, 46 (laughs) and a half. What do you think of Ford?
0: And that's why you said he's gonna be trying to earn that spot. Kareem Hunt, they brought him in. Obviously, they need that back, but I was impressed by him well, in versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we know how good that defense is in Pittsburgh yep. and stuff, but he had some wiggle. He had some shake, and he was able to break out in open speed, and that's why I'm like, when I saw his open speed burst like that, I'm like, this guy could get over 46 and a half yards on one carry if you just open up a hole. He's a smaller guy, but he has that explosion in it. And he's going to want to keep that job and show his ability. He's young. He doesn't have as many carries as a Kareem Hunt may have, and obviously, but Nick mm-hmm. Chubb so he has a light workload on him. But I think he can be able to break one of those runs that can get you damn near right by that 46 and a half yards on, on one carry. So that's why I'm going with Jerome Ford. And like I say, he's got something to prove, so I love that.
1: I like it, and I think this line is low because they're oh, Kareem Hunt, he knows the offense, he's gonna step right back in and get 10 to 12 carries. Kareem Hunt hasn't played football in a year. You, you don't just show up in game shape. That takes some time. Now, he's probably going to get worked in with a smaller load. Maybe we'll see three to five carries. Maybe we'll see some passing downs. That's where he worked when Chubb was in the offense. But Ford's going to have the bulk of these carries, especially the fr- the first game out. I can't see Kareem Hump showing up in game shape, especially in the NFL. So two rushing totals. There may be some alt-line interest. So if you like Ford over 46.5, you might like him 60-plus or 70-plus. You could probably make the same case for G- Javante Williams. And just so you know, that's kind of what we do here. I'll find a line that I love. I bet that for you know one unit. One unit for me is twenty five bucks, um, and then I work my way down their alt lines. So I'll give you the example right here with my first play of the um, of the of the week. It's Elijah Moore for Cleveland over mm-hmm. three and a half receptions at plus one fifteen. Now I like him at over three and a half receptions at plus one fifteen for two units. He's playing a Tennessee Titans defense that's 23rd overall in opponent completion percentage through the first two weeks. Moore had seven targets in week one. It was second on the team to Cooper. He had nine targets in week two. That was tied first with Amari Cooper. It's a little bit difficult to get the ball going against this Tennessee defense. This is going to be Watson's coming out party to me. If you don't believe me, let's take a look at his career averages against Tennessee. 291 yards per game, 17 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and a 73% completion percentage. He's played against Tennessee before, back when he was on the Texans. He's familiar with them. I love the over 3.5. He had three receptions in each of the first two games. I'm getting this at plus money odds, and the targets are there. I'm playing the alt line. So five plus receptions is plus two seventy, and six plus receptions is plus six hundred. I think they're going to throw the ball a little bit more than normal against this Tennessee Titans team. So, giving you an idea what what we do here at the prop shop, we we, we dabble with some alt lines. Elijah Moore is is one of the receptions that I start
0: out with. I, I like that because you think Elijah Moore too. Deshaun Watson is going to fight one. He's going to find somebody he wants to be able to rely on in the passing game. He's been getting a lot of flack that, you know, he's not the same Deshaun Watson as he's been in the past. You know, he hasn't played football in this amount of time, and he only had, you know, a shortened season last year because of the suspension. So he's going to start locking in on one guy, and Elijah Moore, as you mentioned, he already had seven seven uh, attempts in the, first, in the first game, and then he had three receptions last game. He's going to find a guy, obviously, Amari Cooper, you would think, would be the go-to guy, but Tennessee will try to lock in on him, and that's where – you can find a way to get Elijah more involved, heavy. So you might be All right, right with, that off, with that off spread.
1: Well, if you if you like that, you're gonna love this one. Your boy Jerry Judy is back. <laughs> Jerry Judy over 49 and a half receiving yards. Now he made his debut last week. He saw 15 percent target share. He played less than 77, uh, less less than 70 percent of the snaps. But for his career, he's averaging 14 and a half yards per reception. This number is very beatable. Now, the Dolphins are allowed the third highest completion percentage through two weeks. I think this game's going to be a shootout, as you kind of pointed out. There's going to be some back and forth there. Judy operates heavily out of the slot last week. Now, I'll take a look at Keenan Allen when he played Miami earlier in the season. Nine targets, six receptions, 76 yards, also primarily out of the slot. I go back to last year with Judy. He hit this line in 11 of 13 games. That he played 60% or more of the snaps. So I think first game for Judy, getting himself a field back. You know, first time in that Sean Payton offense. Sean Payton loves him. Raved about Jerry Judy all offseason. They were, you know, they were scouting this guy when he was on the Saints to draft him. Um, I also love his alt line of 75 plus yards. It's plus 270, nearly three to one. What's your take on Judy as a Broncos fan? Because the talent's there.
0: The talent's there is just keeping him on the field. He's a smaller guy and he gets banged up a lot. And I'd I love me some Jerry Jude. His route running is unmatched. It's just keeping him on the field because when he gets going, as we saw in the backhand of last season, that dude is special. And he's going back to the crib. I, I play with a bunch of Florida guys, and they take pride, especially those Dane County boys, at the 305. They want to show out in front of all their families. And Jerry Judy is from down there in the South Florida area, and he's going to want to go in there and put on a show for his people. So. I believe it's Sean Payne's offense, like you said, they worked him back in a little bit last week, but now it's gonna be the time where he has to really step up and take that advantage.
1: And he got a, another Alabama wide receiver standing on the other sideline and Jalen Waddle. Maybe he wants to show him what's what over there. Um, now this guy, I'm either gonna look like a genius or I'm gonna look like I'm gonna look like a jerk. Kyle Pitts against the Detroit Lions over 33 and a half receiving yards. Now Kyle, that entire Atlanta Falcons offense looks like it's running primarily through Bijan Robinson, um, Desmond Ritter. He's not, he's not who I would want as my starting quarterback. But they got him on a rookie deal. It's it's cheap. I get it. He hit this line. Pitts hit this line of one of two games this season, averaging fourteen point eight yards per catch this year, fourteen point four for his career. This is three catches realistically for Pitt. Will he get there? Now they're playing the Lions. They got The Lions got a break in week one. They didn't play any top-tier tight ends. Travis Kelsey was out opening night. But in week two against the Seattle Seahawks, they let up eight catches for 132 yards to a combination of Noah Fant, Colby Parkinson, Will Disley of Seattle. I mean, Noah Fant I do like. I I do think he's extremely talented. Um, But they look a little bit susceptible, and this may be another back-and-forth game. Atlanta's going to have to put up points. If you get behind in Detroit, running that ball may not be an option. So, Kyle Pitts, I think, finally has his breakout game. Reminds fantasy owners, at least, that hey, I, you know, I, I should be drafted early. Um, played Detroit his rookie year, had six receptions and 102 yards. And I also like his alt line of 50 plus yards at plus 240. So, Kyle Pitts is he's boomer bust. I'm picking my spot here with Pitts, and I'm going over against the Detroit line.
0: He really is boomer bust, and it's crazy to think about that because Kyle Pitts, the talent we seen, you know, he has that. Big playability. And when he gets out there, like you look at that line, 33 and a half yards, you know, like Kyle Pitts, I feel like can hit that easily. But it's been, it's been, you know, a little bit of a challenge for him now working with Desmond Ritter and now with Bijan Robinson. We've seen how special he's been. We so, saw, remember that first carry that he had in preseason, and we were like, he's going to be the greatest running back of all time. So it was cool to he's see how now he is looking Indeed. really good, how they're really relying on him. So that could open up the field for Kyle Pitts. And, We know when he gets the ball in his hands, he can get the yak as well. So that's That's, why you're hopeful. It's one one of those catches where he can buff out.
1: That's what we're banking on. We're banking on he takes an eight yard, breaks a tackle, and he turns that into 40. So love the 33 and a half at one unit. Bring that down to half a unit for that 50 plus at plus two forty. We'll talk about him in a minute. And my last play, C D Lamb. I don't know how this – Eric, I have no idea how this line is so low. His line is 69 and a half. He's crushed this line in the first two games of the season. Yes, he beat up on the New York Giants and Jets. He's just been he's just been embarrassing the tri-state area to start the year. His 55% receiving share is the – meaning his percent of yards in comparison to the receiving yards of the total Cowboys is 55%. It's the highest since 1945. I don't know who had that in 1945, uh, but this is pretty damn impressive. Um, this is another blowout situation. Doesn't bother me. They smoked the Giants week 140 to nothing. They smoked the Jets last week. So I'm not too concerned that it's a blowout situation. And Mike McCarthy is taking over play calling. He simplified this offense. He's feeding the best players. He's dumbing down the scheme. I don't want to say dumbing. He's simplifying. Um, I don't think there's any change expected in week two. So give me lamb over 69 and a half. And I'm going to ladder this 75 plus and a hundred plus. On
0: land, CeeDee Lamb he got got to go because the Giants' defense, which we've seen is has not been good. And then the Jets keeping Sauce on one side of the field has been a problem for them because CeeDee Lamb is that yep. talented. Where there's certain wide receivers are warranted, where you have to have your number one guy follow him, and he ate up the mm-hmm. Jets. He had 11 receptions, and I think it was a career high for him because they just said, "All right, well we're not going to put you on Sauce. We'll move you over here and let him do his yep. thing." Will that happen? And I believe, you know, Dak now knows that he has to give CeeDee Lamb the ball. No matter what the situation is with the Cowboys, yes, you want to get the running game going. Yes, you want to get all the guys involved. CeeDee Lamb has to touch the ball at 55% rate right now. That's just astonishing. You hope that obviously he can, he can keep up that workload, but it's only week three, so I don't blame you for taking that.
1: Nah, if you give I think eventually we're gonna see some CeeDee Lamb lines hit Justin Jefferson levels. If he keeps this up, a Justin Jefferson line opens at ninety-five and a half. It's 105 and a half by kickoff. I think I think CeeDee Lamb gets there eventually if they keep feeding him like this. Now the, the highlight of this show, Eric, is we do an alt line parlay every week. The first week, the first week we missed by Elijah Moore seven yards. The second week we went one out of three. This is week three. And it's the three guys we talked about. I'm going to go Kyle Pitts, 50-plus receiving. I'm going to go Elijah Moore to hit five reception. Jerry Judy, get those 75 yards. And CeeDee Lamb to hit 100 like he's done in the first uh, – I'm sorry, he did in one of two games. A $15 bet pays $2,800. So if you want to do your $5 Starbucks jammy you were talking about, it should pay close to a 1000 And this is the alt-line parlay of the week. I hope you tail, sir.
0: See this is what I, this is more I like because this all one you don't have to put as many as that 10-legger and there's actually legit chance I can see this actually happening. so you might get more than five dollars from me on this one. I like that 15 for I the will 20.
1: I was saving this for the show. If this parlay hits we are going to donate 50 percent of it to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. so oh, let's hope man. it hits, man that's I mean it's something every little bit matters. So if this hits, 50 percent goes to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. And That's with awesome. That, I
0: appreciate that,
1: brother. Thank you. No, of course. Of course. That's what we're here for. Now, we have to talk touchdown scores. If you bet the MLB, you bet home runs. If you bet the NBA, you bet three-pointers and alt-line scoring. If you bet the NFL, you're betting touchdown scores every week. Now, I break things into three categories. I do top shelf. This is your top shelf. You spend top dollar on. These are the guys who I think are really going to score. Then you go to your mid-shelf, and it's like, all right, it's a deal. Maybe I'll throw a couple bucks on it. And then you go, well, Vodka. You go Majorska. This is what you throw a couple bucks on. Maybe it's – yeah. So, with the top shelf scores this week, I want to talk about Brian Robinson, the Washington Commanders, at plus 140. Two touchdowns last week. One touchdown in week one. It was a receiving touchdown. 19 and 18 carries in the first two weeks. I love me some Brian Robinson at plus 140. They're going to want to keep Josh Allen off the field. Um And the weather, from what I've seen in Buffalo, could be a little windy. I don't think there's rain, but there could be some wind there. Give me Brian Robinson with a tutty at plus 140 against Buffalo. And my second favorite has not scored yet this season. It is Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers, plus 180. Now, Brian Flores, new defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, brings the pressure with the blitz and plays a lot of man defense. That is very susceptible to get and beat deep. We saw it with Devonta Smith on Thursday night football last week. I think Williams is queued up for a big day. His yards are something I'm monitoring. I think it's 61 and a half. Let's look at those alt lines. Um, but no touchdowns yet this year. I think we see Mike Williams at plus 180 get in the end zone against Minnesota. That is the highest total of the week. I think it's like 51, 54 and a half Chargers Vikings.
0: Wow, you put that uh, to the top shelf. See, Mike Williams, to me, man, is he's hit or miss. Like, That guy, like he could go off and he could go two touchdowns for 150 yards, or he could go three receptions for 26 yards, and like he's just so hit or miss. But Brian Robinson, watching him play the first two weeks and obviously last week versus my Broncos, that dude is—he is special, man. He's a young guy too, took over, you know, that plays for Gibson. Like he's getting the majority to carry, so they're going to definitely rely, on especially with Sam Howell back. They're still learning that position. I definitely, I agree with the Brian Robinson part, Mike Williams. You mentioned he's hit or miss. He has he missed through two weeks. I'm betting on the hit in
1: week three. Okay. Um, all right, mid-shelf. Let's look at our mid-shelf. I'm going to change the top-shelf TD scores to the uh, Eric LeGrand bourbon whiskey scores. That is the top-shelf. Mid-shelf TD scores. Elijah Moore, plus 370. Now Moore, this is where the odds start getting up a little bit. Cleveland needs to get creative offensively. Chubb is now gone. Titans, very difficult to beat on the ground. I think Moore... Starts playing that Debo Samuel role. Do they get him on end around? Do they get him in screens? Do they get him in red zone situations? And he obviously has the talent to take the top off the defense. Plus 370, I'm nearly getting four to one. I like Elijah Moore to get his first touchdown as a brown.
0: See, I like and, I like being able to see yeah. I'm sorry, I also said I like what? to see the creativity when it comes into these up uh, these players, especially when you know you have Elijah Moore, you can get you can get them in a the screen game. You can get them involved with the Ezra's that you mentioned. They're going to have to find ways to get more people involved now that you don't have Nick Chubb. So let's see if they can get creative like like Eric Bionby did with my Broncos last week and just screen us to death.
1: <laughs> uh, this next one, another mid-shelf guy, Jacksonville Jaguars team I'm very high on this year, Tank Bigsby. He's the backup running back. He's a rookie. Him to score a touchdown plus Jacksonville win straight up. They're 8.5 points favorites against the Texans. Bigsby had seven rushes in week one, two of which were in the red zone. He scored a touchdown. Now, week two, didn't get any rushes. It was a close, tight game with the Kansas City Chiefs. I understand not getting a rookie involved in that game. That makes sense to me. This one, I think they blow the doors off the Texans. That defense has greatly improved. I think we really see the Jaguars establish themselves as one of the elite teams in the AFC. They make a statement this week. I think Bigsby scores maybe some garbage time in the second half, and the Jags win outright. This is plus 300.
0: That's actually a really good bet because as you said, it, it this could be a blowout. Jacksonville's gonna want to finally come out and put on a better performance than they did last week, scored more than nine points in the game and show versus Texans team who's you know they're still trying to figure their things out. There. And I believe that Tanks busy Tank Big will get in the end zone because you said you can get that garbage sign touchdown late in the game. It does not like they're gonna find a way to get him the ball because he's a rookie when he did that first game. And I you hit it on the nail when he said, versus Kansas City Chiefs, you can understand why he didn't get as yeah. many because they're obviously playing from behind, trying to score." But this could be the game where yeah, he'll find a way into that end zone at some point, some way. And
1: now we go to the bottom shelf to the Majorska. Well vodka this week, Cole Turner. Your pot, yep, that's the face you should make when you see Cole Turner. He is a tight end for the Washington <laughs> Commanders. Now, Logan Wilson – I'm sorry, Logan Thomas potentially could be out with a concussion. He has concussion systems all week. He has four targets, three receptions through the first two weeks, Cole Turner. I think there's a good chance Thomas doesn't suit up. I think we get some red zone looks for Cole Turner. This is plus 1,200. This is – you know, throw five, ten bucks on it. He's a guy who I think uh, can try to make a name for himself, get involved somewhere in this offense, especially in a Buffalo game where if it does get out of hand and they're playing from behind – uh, we can see this guy get some snaps. So the look that you gave is the look you should give when I give my Well Vodka touchdown scores. It is Cole Turner, a hybrid wide receiver turned tight end for the Washington Command.
0: I'm not even going to act like I have any knowledge on this. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. worry, man. I have no idea about this one. Like Cole, Cole Turner, like you say you throw five bucks on it, I'll trust you, but I have no knowledge. I'm, if I can give any sort of football expertise with this one, so. Good luck.
1: We, are nothing, we are nothing if not honest on the prop shop. E, I want to, A, <laughs> thank you for coming. B, thank you for having your new whiskey be the, the sponsor, the official sponsor mm-hmm. of the prop shop. Uh, I hope I see you around town, man. I'll probably catch a cup of coffee with you. Anything else you want to plug before you go?
0: No, I appreciate you having me on there. And if you guys want to grab a bottle of our LeGrand bourbon, look at our store located throughout New Jersey. And we also are able to ship online to 33 states. So check us out at LeGrandWhiskey.com and make sure. You're pouring a glass of bourbon in. Hopefully, you're not doing a double when you're getting all nervous and your bets are hitting.
1: Hopefully, you don't. But I'm telling you, a little bit of LeGrand whiskey, (laughs) some ginger ale, squeeze a lime. You're off to a good start. Guys, thank you for listening to Episode 3 of the Prop Shop on Believe Network. Thank you to Eric LeGrand for joining, and best of luck on your bets this week. Take care.